1: through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How many veterans die by suicide every day? What is the military suicide phenomenon? How might the public be educated about this phenomenon? What results do these suicidal decisions create? Answering these questions and producing a video, a movie, to raise awareness is Dave Gambon, the founder of the Minus22 Foundation. We pause here as we typically do at the beginning of our program, and this is a, a sobering moment, and I I could say one that will bring us all to a a different level of sobriety, as it were, as we talk about these matters of life and death, which bring to bear the, the very essence of the gospel, and the reason why we have the Good Life Program is to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about, dear friend, I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong, he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried and rose again on the third day offering God's hope. This hope today that has been experienced by by Dave Gambone in his life, in the salvation that he's experienced, and in the life and love that he wants to convey and share with anchors and handles of hope through the ministry or through the program Minus 22 Foundation. Dave Gambone is a Massachusetts native He served five years of active duty in the United States Army as a wheeled vehicle mechanic from 2013 to 2018. He was medically retired from the Army after sustaining injuries during a training incident in which his neck was fractured. Dave lives in central Massachusetts with his wife, Acacia, and their two daughters. Dave, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I did mention Central Mass. Tell us more. Where did you grow up?
2: Uh so I grew up on Sunset Lake in Ashburnham, Massachusetts. Um I was a lake kid my uh, my whole life growing up and uh that was that was just a phenomenal experience, you know. Uh learning to swim wasn't wasn't too big of an issue, you know, it was something I kinda did my whole life and uh fishing obviously, you know, and uh and just kinda getting involved in all that, you know. It was uh it was always boats and, and swimming in the summertime and, and snowmobiles and sleds in the wintertime, you know.
1: So you grew up as a waterman.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it. I uh I love I still go to that lake. I have so many good memories on that lake and uh it's always gonna be a part of me. My uh my best friend growing up was uh was on that lake as well. He uh he passed away when I was eleven years old and uh And I, I, there's just so many, so many connections to that, to that area and to the water. I just, I've always loved the water.
1: Who would you say influenced you most, Dave, in your growing up years?
2: Um, ooh, when I was growing up, uh, I had a, I I think I had a a number of influences. Um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of uncles and I had a lot of, uh, kind of adopted uncles in my life, you know, (laughs) that were, uh, that were really great mentors for me, um, lots of football coaches I think my my football coaches and stuff really really uh in my early life anyway uh it's funny my my earliest one of my earliest football coaches is now my financial advisor and uh (laughs) he uh he's he's been one of my one of my best coaches in life uh it's it's Mr. John Meliska. he uh he's a financial advisor for Edward Jones He's he's sponsored every single one of our uh, our uh, fundraisers so far. You know he's he's been an excellent an excellent person in my life, and an excellent person to look up to, and uh, I just you know I I I'm I'm super grateful that uh, that he's been able to be a you know a football coach for me, but a life coach as well.
1: Was football your sport?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. that was uh, it was my my heart and soul there. I love it. I mean,
1: your main sport.
2: This yeah. Yeah, I think it still is. I mean, I, I really, I don't follow too many main sports. I, I just follow the NFL. I, what po- I love what it. What position did you play? I was a linebacker and I was a guard. And uh, and so I was, you know, I was uh, supposed to protect some people and then I was supposed to do the opposite. And uh, I really loved, I really loved being a linebacker. It was fun. You know, I uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd get, I'd get kind of tenacious out there, you know, and, and I'd, had to uh, run face first towards people and uh there wasn't much I was afraid of you know being the youngest growing up I was uh, I was used to getting thrown around by people bigger than me so it was never anything that uh that I'd shy away from you know and uh people were often surprised that you know uh I was only about 185 pounds my my senior year uh my junior and senior year and they were pretty surprised that you know I wasn't I wasn't the biggest thing but I packed a wallop you know so <laughs> you love to hit yeah yeah I uh you know, I had a, I had a lot of roller coaster times in my life during high school and stuff. You know, there was a lot of frustrations and things, you know, and it was a turning point in my life. And being able to to kind of take that energy and, and put it somewhere effectively, you know, that was some of the greatest times of my life. I, uh, I recently went back to the the high school that I graduated from. I graduated from Oakmont in 2009, and uh, I got to... I got to speak with the uh, the head of the media, the media director over there, and get all the copies of all of our uh, our football games from those seasons. We went to two Super Bowls in in four years, you know, and won both of them. And that was just a really great experience, you know. It was uh, it was just really cool to to be a part of those those teams and that 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 school there. And it was just, it was a really eye opening experience.
1: You talk about wanting to be in the trenches, mm-hmm. the trenches of the game. I mean, you're talking contact every play. For sure. Whether you're a guard or a linebacker. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your journey of faith. I mean, I'm talking about football here on one mm-hmm. hand. Did you, at some point at an early age, were you exposed to the gospel, to yeah. church?
2: Yeah. my uh, So my mom was radically slaved, um, uh, and she, she, she tells that story pretty often. You know, she was— uh, she came up in some. She she was in a very abusive home growing up, and uh, she really didn't. There wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of hope in her life, you know. And and she talks about her story and being radically saved, and then meeting my dad and everything. They they actually both met at. A, they worked at Ken's Steakhouse in Framingham, and uh, and so that's where they where they met. And um, and you know, growing up, uh, my mom was just super super, uh, just involved in everything about faith, you know, and talking about. Just talking about salvation and just talking about you know always being able to 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 have a a dad in her life where she otherwise felt like she didn't you know and so that was you know throughout throughout my own uh my own journey and everything you know it kind of got you know as a kid when you're growing up you kind of get sick of hearing your parents tell the same stories over and over again you know but but that's something i super appreciate now is just you know, the fact that she was able to turn her life around and, uh, and who she is now, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's also somebody that, you know, is, is probably one of my, my biggest mentors, you know, um, being able to speak freely and openly and the gift of gab, uh, you know, I, uh, I definitely get that from my mom and, uh, you know, just kind of growing up, go, we, uh, we, we went to, um, we were always in the church growing up, you know, we had a couple different churches that we went to and stuff and, uh, and so, being able to be around, you know, uh, like-minded families and, and and come up in that environment was uh, was really awesome. Even despite you know the the kind of the I don't know turbulence, the turbulence of life that gets thrown your way sometimes. You know, being able to have that community and, and have that support was was absolutely a, a huge part. So,
1: football, community, community, your church, your mom, her mm-hmm. her great influence on you through her her lifestyle, her testimony, and her gift of gab.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: You mentioned high school again. When did you meet Acacia?
2: Uh, I met my wife when I was uh, I was eight years old. It was uh, in the summer. Our, uh, our parents knew each other through church, and so uh, we actually ended up spending uh, three summers in a row together because, um, you know, we lived out on the lake, and uh, so they would come and stay for, you know, her mom and her would come out and stay for a number of weeks. And, you know, back then— uh, my mom loves telling the story that, you know, she had to, she had to tell me to, you know, hang out and spend time with Acacia cause I wanted nothing to do with girls and nothing to, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that, but, uh, we had a, we had a rope swing in the backyard out onto the lake and she was petrified to go near it. And I, uh, I actually taught her how to use it. And, uh, <laughs> and that was, uh, that was kind of the start of our relationship there was that, that rope swing. So, uh, it was, uh, it was really cool, you know, after, after about three summers, um, we spent some time apart you know we uh and it was never you know back then this is obviously before the age of technology and everything you're not as connected as uh, as we are now but uh i i came back um you know i was bouncing around doing jo- all kinds of jobs and stuff all throughout high school after high school i wasn't really sure what i was going to do and uh i had a couple of jobs i went to i was going to college you know and then wasn't really what I wanted I was a criminal justice major and it's something I could have done but my heart wasn't in it and I hated the I, I just I really didn't enjoy it and so uh you know I was bouncing around to a couple of different jobs and I was like well I'm you know I want to make sure I'm going back to church and everything and uh sure enough the the me and her went back to church on the same day and uh that was the first time that that we got reconnected there and uh I was 20 she was uh, she was 17 and the rest is history
1: when we come back from our break I want us to talk about why you chose to join the Army. Okay. Because it takes us back to the early growing passionate desire that has been instilled in you for the cause of Minus 22. For sure. In fact, as you're listening to Dave Gambone, you can find out more about Minus 22 at minus22.org. We're going to talk more. He's going to share more with you about military suicide phenomenon. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The life, they must beneath the sky. This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend that one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad by his actions the pastor made my dad feel loved and that did more than any preaching could have he didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the bible he needed to feel god's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. Hear me
0: Hear me You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, A program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Welcome
1: back to our show. Minus 22 and founder Dave Gambone aim to educate the public of the reality of the suicide phenomenon, as well as educate service members of the results these suicides create you're listening to the good life program Danny Yamashiro here Dave Gambone our guest today if you're tuning in right now maybe caught the tail end of the last segment you can get this get this program in its entirety just go to Apple Spotify any any major uh, podcast platform just go get there subscribe or go to drdanny.live and find out more about minus 22 at minus 22.org Dave in a moment I'd like to play, we're going to play a video, and and let me just give this word, the following trailer contains graphic mentions and depictions of real life experiences of those who have been lost, and the loved ones left behind, so discretion is advised.
3: There is an invisible enemy, taking lives every day, while most Americans remain unaware.
2: I have lost nine friends and co-workers in the last eight years, and the one common denominator is that we all served. As I was getting up off of our bed, I heard the gunshot. He was laying there like choking, and I remember just dropping to my knees and grabbing him, and
0: just screaming. I
2: still remember how warm his blood is on my hands.
3: The American military their lives every day to protect you and me.
1: I wasn't prepared for the devil that I was gonna meet back home. 22 suicides each
3: day send ripples of devastation through thousands of lives every year. This film will help open our eyes, start the conversation, and light a beacon of hope. We can break down the barriers, end the stigma, and bring them out of the darkness and back into the light.
2: We can eradicate this. We can be done with this altogether.
3: Every day, we're finding new ways to help our veterans and service members. You can help them rebuild their broken dreams and find that hope again. It's our turn to protect those who protected us. Everybody's going through something. Thinking about it from that perspective is a direction that I'd like for
1: us to go in. Everybody's going through something. Protect those who protected us. Dave Gambone, as founder of Minus22, from where this movie documentary is being produced, what is the military suicide phenomenon?
2: Um, well, you know, the military suicide phenomenon is a lot of things, but ultimately it is our men and women service members <laughs> making uh, several of these decisions to take their own lives based on you know, a number of different things, a number of different influences and not having the, the proper outlets or the proper channels, um, to deal with these issues. And, uh, you know, I think that overall the, like I said, the, the suicide phenomenon is, is very, it's many things. Um, but, but ultimately it's this, it's this invisible enemy that's, that's taken our people to our left and right every single day in this country. And, uh, It's something that that we absolutely can get ahead of it's something that we absolutely can change and it's something that as is one of the most advanced countries in the world I refuse to believe that this is the best that we can do for our service members
1: what results do these suicidal decisions create
2: chaos Um, just the ripples you know you think about the the effect of one life um, one person you know one person being taken too soon. it, it it creates it, it, there's so many there's so many people you know that, that thoroughly believe uh, they're in such a bad headspace that you know many of them and I'm not going to speak for, for, for everyone, but there are many people that believe that that suicide is their only option and that you know they can end their trauma um, you know by by taking their own life and and unfortunately what they don't realize is that you know when you when you take your life, you know, you're not, you're not ending your trauma. You're passing that trauma on to everybody around you. And, um, you know, in the trailer, um, you know, I say, you know, I, I'd lost nine friends to the suicide phenomenon, but since we started filming this documentary, I've lost two more. And so to date now, I've lost 11 friends and coworkers to the military suicide phenomenon, and seeing the devastation that these families are left with firsthand is something to me that, has just been a, a truly eye-opening experience, and of the of the eleven, eight of them have happened since I've been out of the military since 2018. And so, this is something that is is growing. You know, it's seemingly g- gaining momentum, and statistically, it's something that, uh, you know, unfortunately doesn't doesn't look like it's it's going to end anytime soon. Um, and of those eleven, only four of them did not have children. And so we're raising generations of military families and people who have been exposed to this early on in life as is seemingly normal. And this is the furthest thing from normal. And so what we aim to do at Minus Twenty Two is to not only educate the public as to as to why these these suicides are happening and what the different influences could potentially be, but also what the results are and showing people that your your family is, is the furthest thing from better off when, when you take your own life.
1: Why the name? Minus 22.
2: Um, so I, I was, uh, I was thinking for a long time. Um, my, I had experienced a handful of suicides while I was in, while I was in the active duty, uh, while I was active duty. Um, my first one being a student of mine and his arms room was right across from mine when it happened. And it was, that was very, um, that was a very difficult experience for me. Um, and then there was a handful that, that happened, um, you know, a couple of months later, but that was, uh, that was very, very difficult. And uh, in a, in a couple of weeks span, we had a handful of suicides in our unit. It was first was my student and it was our, uh, one of our ammo sergeants and um, it was crazy. And so I started thinking, you know, just about, about how this affects everybody, and, and really understanding, you know, the number, and what we aim to do at minus twenty two is tell people that, you know, obviously the the twenty two that that is a is a number uh, statistically that came out uh, a few years ago that twenty two service members are taking their lives every day, um, but we want to show people that, you know, those those numbers have have faces, and those faces have families, and those families have lives that are that are being affected by this and so when I in 2019 my my team leader took his life in January we actually just passed the four-year anniversary of that 22 days after that uh, my roommate took his life and then that a couple months after um, a guy that I had worked with temporarily from another unit he took his life and shortly after that, one of my squad leaders died on a motorcycle accident. He was hit and killed as soon as he got home from deployment. Um, and so that whole year was really was really tough for me. It felt like I couldn't I couldn't get out of the way. But as soon as my team leader took his life, I knew that. I needed to do something about this, and so I started. I started coming up with different ideas for for minus twenty two and how we could how we could be different and how we could take a different approach than so many other organizations. Because there is a lot of organizations around the country that that are that are they have very similar missions. Our missions are aligned, you know, in in ending the twenty two. Um, and then at the end of the year. I, uh, I made it a point to, to stay in touch with all my soldiers and everything when I got out, you know, and continually check up on people and have those conversations. Uh, and one of my soldiers took his life 22 days after I spoke to him. And so there was uh, five losses that year, and um, when this was— put on my heart. I uh, I, I said, you know, I, I just, I really want to do this differently. I want to take a different approach to this. I want to tell people what this, I want to show people what this looks like. I want to tell my friends stories. I want to give a voice to the voiceless. And um, when I I started the the production process for the documentary, one of our head producers, he had asked me, he said, you know, well, if you want to eradicate military suicide, why not call it Project Zero? And why minus 22? And I, I told him that, you know, I, I named my organization minus 22 because I have zero intention of stopping this mission until I can get my friends back.
1: In this moment, in this moment, Dave, you, you boil over with both passion and compassion. Words are inadequate, although you have the gift of gap. <laughs> because of the depth of pain that you have seen, obviously you feel, but the pain that is transferred from these friends of yours, these brothers of yours, these servicemen. And we think about servicemen and service women who are in a similar predicament how have you been able to to personally cope with such loss and in what way has your faith helped you in that process
2: my um uh, my faith man my faith has gotten me through the darkest times of my life um when I was in the, when I was active in the military, uh, my family was, was going through a lot of struggles. Um, my wife and I were not, we not doing well. There was a lot of, uh, of turbulence in our marriage and our relationship. We ended up spending, uh, more than a year and a half apart and separated. And that was a very, uh, troubling time in my life to, to, to learn, uh, learn about myself <laughs> in, uh, in one of the, one of the most, I'd say, direct ways possible, you know, your feet to the fire. Um, and there were several moments throughout that process where uh, I had what I call a million mile moment. You know, and those million mile moments I think affect every single one of us as human beings, as individuals, but specifically as service members. I feel like we get caught up in the machine of the military so easily that. It's very very easy for us to get caught up in the motions and the scheduling and the you know the the routine of everything without actually uh, touching base or or taking time to consider our own mental health our own spiritual health um, and so those million mile moments can come from anywhere you know where you've just had enough and so when I was in the midst of my own million mile moment um, I I can't say enough nice things about the 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 circle that I had around me and the the brothers in faith that I had around me that, that helped me through that time in my life and and helped me to 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 stay steadfast in an otherwise chaotic situation. Um, it was very it was very eye opening to say the least, uh, and it was a very faith growing experience because uh, you know we did make it through. We got we got about ninety nine percent divorced. <laughs> we got as close to divorce as you could possibly get. And uh, and at the last possible second, uh, you know, uh, hearts were softened, and uh, and we were able to come together as a family. And we had had we had, had one daughter, uh, our oldest daughter a- at the time. And uh, you know, if we if we hadn't made that that choice collectively to come back together and uh, and you know make those decisions, our family wouldn't wouldn't be what it is now. We have two daughters now. We're expecting a son in April. Um, and that <laughs> that's a very crazy crazy thing for me to kind of think about, but it really just drives home the fact that, you know, sitting, sitting in the midst of chaos in a season in your life, you know, it's not, it's not the end-all be-all. There absolutely is hope on the other side, even when you can't see it in the midst of chaos.
1: Well, you're going to convey and continue to convey that hope to service members and their families. God has given you a responsibility. He's given you ability He's given you partners, resources, friends of Minus 22 Foundation. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the goals. Okay. The goals that you have that you're reaching towards. Let's talk about some of your hopes in producing this movie documentary, Minus 22, and maybe even some some time frame things of what you're expecting, what you're hoping for. I know you recently had an event. There are other events, you know, all along the way. But let's continue with Minus 22. Find out more at Minus22.org. Stay with us. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. Mae Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, Please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you.
0: Hear me calling. Hear me calling. You're listening to the Good Life with Dr. Danny a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today.
1: Minus 22 and founder Dave Gambone, along with his team members, are dedicated to end the veteran suicide phenomenon and support the families affected by it. You can find out more at minus22.org. Dave, what are the four main goals of minus twenty-two?
2: Our four main goals. First of all, uh, our, our our biggest goal is to is to you know stop service members from taking their lives. Um, that's that's the overall goal um, and. That's the ultimate mission is to eradicate the military suicide phenomenon, um, but there's several steps that we need to take in order to be able to do that, and we also, you know, have a realistic viewpoint as to, you know, that's, that's a very, it's a tall order, it's a tall task, um, not impossible by any means, but, you know, a very, very large thing to, to kind of take on, and so, you know, we also want to take an all-inclusive and all-encompassing approach to this, and, you know, really support the families on the other side as well—the families that are still losing their service members—and I feel like, in my experience, <clears throat> excuse me, in my ex- in my experience, and um, the things that I've seen, and the families that I've talked to, the surviving families and things, there's there's really a, a lack of of practicality when it comes to the approach of supporting these families, and so our four main goals. Um, Primarily is our documentary film right now. We're about halfway through filming that and we want to educate the public military and civilians alike about what the military suicide phenomenon really is up close um, And and take a raw perspective to that to show the people what the reality really is Um, But to also show that there's other like-minded organizations and things out there and there is resources and that there is hope Um, after that we uh we, we also we've opened a, an investment account with Edward Jones that anybody can donate to and that we never want to take from the principal amount of uh, we have we have a financial goal of raising a million dollars in 2023 so that we can fund all four of our different aspects of how we, we plan to um, approach you know eradicating this phenomenon the documentary is a big one um, but you know we also want to give these survivors something to look forward to as well and support them on the back end and so our Edward Jones investment account, we, we aim to raise $250,000 in that so that we can utilize the interest and the interest alone to sponsor the survivors of the suicide phenomenon with college and trade school scholarships so that they can have opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't after losing their service member. We also aim to pick up mixed-use commercial property, and we want to We want to do that so that we can, you know, make some of these companies put their money where their mouth is, where they say, you know, we support our troops. You know, you're going to have a commercial lease for a building anyway. Why not come do business with us? And then we can use those commercial leases to directly fund transitory housing campuses for veterans, their families, transitioning service members, and anybody affected by the 22. Um, Homelessness is a big problem in the veteran community. And a handful of my friends have been on the verge of homelessness when they've taken their lives or have felt like they've been on the verge of that. So that is a major component to this phenomenon and something that I think we can absolutely do a much better job of. Um, inside those campuses, though, once we get our first one built, we, we want to create a care package program for the families that are affected by the suicide phenomenon. So that up to 12 months after a suicidal incident, they can be supported with gas and grocery gift card subsidies. Um, you know, we can give them practical means, literally and other things that they otherwise wouldn't receive and support that they otherwise wouldn't get. And we'll be able to do that at a national level and not just locally.
1: When you speak about a national level, share a bit about the kind of infrastructure that you envision to facilitate something like that.
2: Yeah, the uh, the infrastructure really starts with these commercial properties. You know, being able to to start the first one. You know, I I, I this we're we're at, we're eyeing property right now. Um, and you know, our next board meeting we're going to be talking about possible locations that we can specifically fundraise for. That's going to be our 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 bread and butter right there. You know, if any nonprofit organization, you have to in order to be successful. There's so many that fail in the first five years, and so much of that comes from. You know, a a lack of understanding that a nonprofit needs to be run as a business, right? There absolutely needs to be a business aspect to it. Um, But with respect to that, you know, having income and, and being able to have regular income that, that could, like we said, you know, a monthly lease or an annual lease from any one of these companies that could directly support our cause. That's going to give us the funding regularly that we can depend on to not only expand to make more campuses, but to also put those campuses in more needed areas and make it more readily available for people. And utilizing, you know, some part of a community, you know, you talk about commercial leasing and, and these companies, uh, these are expenses that they would already otherwise be paying. Why not? Why not do it with us? Why not partner with us to be able to further our mission and to also help them you know, do what they need to do business-wise and support each other? Because as a network, that's the only way we can move forward in, in taking care of this phenomenon.
1: You mentioned Coach John Maliska. Yes. Football as a child. Yep. That impacted the way that you played even in high school when you won a couple championships. Sure. He's supporting you and supporting your events to this day. What other type of support have you received
2: uh, from John, or just in general? In general, uh, we've we've received all we kinds. We
1: know you we know you got it from John. Yeah, from yeah, others.
2: yeah. We've we've received a ton of support. Um, we, we've I mean, we've gotten support from local radio stations. We've gotten support from uh, tons of people who have been willing to come together and and really believe in this. You know, and that's been so cool to see. Um, we've only we've only had two fundraisers so far, and and our most recent one. This past weekend, um, seeing uh, comedians like Rodney Norman come out and support our cause and be willing to believe in us has been so cool to see. Uh, he's a he's a local Marine Corps veteran that now does stand up comedy, and he's, if you haven't seen him, he's he's very very funny. I highly recommend him. Um, you know, and uh, we had Taron Jackson and AJ Haypenny come out as well. They're they're some of the most booked comics in New England right now. So seeing that they come out and support us, um, that's it's it's just so. It's so cool to see that there's so many people that that believe in our mission and that want to help and that want to get on board. And uh, our motto at Minus22 is we'll work with anybody who will work with us.
1: That was my next thought is partnerships. Mm -hmm. Who are you partnering with, with in terms of military, private institutions? Working on the same cause.
2: Yeah, we've uh, we've been able to partner with a handful of organizations. So um, we've recently partnered with Needs. They're out of uh, they have a campus in Princeton. They they provide uh, service dogs for disabled people, um, uh, you know, military veterans that that uh, are have disabilities from combat, things like that. Um, they train these dogs for you know three years and then give give them free of charge to some of these people, and you know they they're crazy, crazy talented at what they do. And so we've recently partnered with them. Um, We've been looking to, to partner and expand with, with really anybody. And this year, um, that's, that's really one of our, one of our main focuses and our main goals is to, is to get the word out there about who we are, you know, and to get some, get some eyes on who we are as an organization so that we can, we can help these other like-minded organizations. Um, Stop Soldier Suicide. They do a great job at, at everything they're doing, even all the way down to technology and people's phones. Um, trying to trying to find keywords that service members use or that there's commonalities in between, you know, before taking their lives and things and being able to to track and specifically pinpoint certain ads to these people to get them the help that they need. They're doing a phenomenal job with that stuff and really taking a new approach. Um, I mean, there's there's so many other excellent organizations surrounding the 22 that that really want to take different kinds of approaches to, you know, Um, and and seeing the overlapping amount of, you know, service members that go into um, they they go into public service, you know, they'll go into, you know, police departments or firefighting and uh, EMS, things like that. Um, And these suicides, you know, the suicide numbers correlate there as well. And so, you know, partnering with some of these other organizations that, that have, have dedicated their lives to, to doing the same thing has really, has really helped us as well. Um, there's, there's tons of resources out there for, for service members and for their families, and we just wanna spotlight as many of those as we possibly can.
1: You've had many friends, too many friends, who've taken their lives. Is there a common thread, a common story that you've distilled in your experiences with them that have that would speak to us about the hopelessness that they feel that lead them to an extreme decision as they have made
2: i think ultimately that the hopelessness is the common denominator i think that so many of my friends um and coworkers, they have so many different backgrounds and experiences, um, but it it absolutely does come down to hopelessness and not being able to see through the storm, um, not being able to find a way out of the forest, you know. And um, I can't I can't speak to every individual, but but I can absolutely say that the common denominator has has absolutely been, you know, some some form of hopelessness or another. And after. After experiencing so many losses, I've really made it a point to make myself as easy as possible to get in touch with um, and keep contact with all the soldiers that I know and all the people that that I've shared circles with to let them know that that we can talk about these things, right? Uh, We are conditioned from day one as service members to shut up and to not talk about our problems. And when you get caught up in the military machine and the regularity of everything, it really leaves little room for... For those mental health conversations right and so uh, i make it a point to, to wear my heart on my sleeve i'm not afraid to cry in front of anybody i'm not afraid to have hard conversations and be raw and real and transparent because that's what we need to do in order to move past this if i wasn't willing to speak about my own mental health struggles my own problems then how could i ever expect or ask anyone else to you know and i think that there's a lot of examples that, that need to be kind of made in our military community as far as speaking openly about our traumas and about our losses and about what it means to us. And, you know, service members, there's, there's all kinds of them. There's all kinds of different experiences, whether it be combat or otherwise, that can be traumatic. And those are the things that we really need to, we really need to open up about and have open dialogue about and start those conversations.
1: Someone listening today needs to hear what you are sharing, needs to hear what you've been describing, needs to hear, someone else needs to hear about minus 22. Someone else, as they hear about minus 22, that very person may have lost a loved one. They may have somehow seen a loved one come back and not take the extreme decision or make the extreme decision and may want to, say, hey, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. There's something I might want to do with Minus 22 Foundation. I want to talk to Dave. So we need to give some information about how they can connect with you if they want to connect with you. Before we go to break, could you just share that, and then we'll take a break, come back, and share a little bit more in our final segment and, and, of course, spend some time praying. But if someone wants to get in touch, if someone wants to find out more, how could they do that?
2: You can call me. You can call me directly. My number is 435-722-7574. That's HELP22-7574, and that's that's what I aim to do, is to help anyone and, and, and everyone surrounding the 22 phenomenon.
1: Give the number again.
2: Uh,
1: 435-722-7574. That's Dave Gambone. You might be listening today and thinking, I can't believe that I'm even hearing this. How in the world did 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 they know, did Dave know that we needed... Well, I'll just say that's that's the way God works. And it's a matter of saving a life, and well, it might be saving your life. It might be saving the life of a member of a family, your family, a friend that is close to you, making you more aware, conscientious of things that you might have been letting slide. This is a moment to call, to get in touch, to reach out. More from Minus 22 and more from Dave Gambon when we come back. Again, as I was saying as we go to break, we're going to share more. Dave will share more. He's talked a lot about Minus 22. He's even shared some about his, his own family, how God has helped him, his faith has helped him through difficult times. Perhaps he'll share a little bit more, but a word of encouragement... To someone today who is in a very desperate situation. More from Dave Gambone and a time of prayer. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life.
0: Hear me calling. Hear me calling. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life Well, he is an
1: industrious man with uh, entrepreneurial giftings, Minus 22, and founder Dave Gambone, that's who I'm talking about, Plan to create a care package, sponsorship program, so that families who have been directly affected by the military suicide phenomenon can get practical support immediately after the incident for up to 12 months. So he's talking about some very practical things. He and his team, his board members, you can find out more at minus22.org. Dave, in these last few minutes that we have, pulling together what we discussed before our break, how has the Lord helped you recently through difficult times?
2: Well, Everything minus 22 was a step of faith. I had 68 cents in my checking account when this was put on my heart. And I had no idea how I was going to start this or even where to start. I've never run a business before. I've never done a nonprofit. Um, I've, I've never filmed a documentary before. But all of these things all inclusively I knew is was the approach that we needed to take and and being able to to just uh, I mean, you know, saying that um, I'm grateful to be able to step out in faith, those those, step, those, those steps in faith are never easy, right? <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a step of faith if, if there wasn't a lot of risk involved. And so, you know, being able to to step out in faith and know that this is the direction that we're supposed to be taking to start eradicating these numbers and to start bringing these numbers down and to start making families whole again, um, you know, in being met in that. There's so many doors that have opened that I never could have imagined um, you know, the voice you heard uh, for the documentary trailer, that's the actor Harry Lennox from the Blacklist and from the Matrix and stuff. And and he's a phenomenal person. And that door never would have been opened had we not taken the, the step of faith, you know, to to start this project. And so there's been a number of things along the line that have have required tons of tons of prayer on my part, you know, uh, just for myself and, and searching myself and my own heart and making sure that that my intentions are where they are supposed to be and that I'm Doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing to facilitate these things moving forward and having those checks and balances, I can't. I can't speak to the power of prayer enough. I really can't. Um, I in the midst of coming back from uh, we, we filmed a good amount of our documentary in Vegas because that was a a centralized location where we could get a lot of people uh, in a short amount of time to to congregate so that we could film a lot of this stuff um, that was a huge step of faith. We went, we went over budget. Uh, I was, I was funding all this myself and, and we went pretty far over budget and it it wasn't a budget that I could really dip into. (laughs) You know, it's not, it wasn't something that I could do. And I remember coming back on that flight and I'm not a big fan of flying. Uh, uh, I get pretty uneasy flying, but I, I I still do it. You know, I, I do it pretty frequently. Um, and we hit a good amount of turbulence on that flight back, and i I hadn't slept in a while uh you know i was i was pretty much broke we were over budget um i was very uncomfortable it was you know turbulence it was it was just not a good experience and and i remember sitting there and, and praying and i i remembered you know all this stuff being put on my heart uh but you know when you when you start out on a journey you never know the the depth or the extent of what you're really signing up for until you're in the middle of it you know and and I'm a firm believer that the best way to start anything is to just jump in with two feet, you know, and start where you are. And so that's what I'd done. But it was a very trying time on that flight back, and I remember crying out and and saying, you know, why me? And uh, that was that was a legitimate, heartfelt prayer. It was very very short, <laughs> and uh, immediately it, it was put on my heart that, and, and I, you know, we we know the still small voice, you know, and. <laughs> He said, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when?
1: If not you, then who? If not now, then when? If not now, right now, someone's listening. And they're at the end. They don't know where to go next, except some extreme measure that they might not have told anyone. They they, they haven't even hinted to anyone. They're in their own silo desperate dave gambone a word of encouragement to that dear person now
2: you reach out you reach out for help uh there is so much power it takes so much It, it it takes uh man it takes a lot to to uh to be able to, to reach out and ask for help. I think that's that's the the hardest thing that we do uh, as men. I think that's one of the hardest things we do as service members is to legitimately ask for help. And it takes it takes so much to, to even be able to do that. Um, I wouldn't be able to be where I am right now with everything around minus 22 if I hadn't done that. And continually at every single step of the way throughout this organizational process, I've had to ask people and experts in their field for help and guidance. And I'm a firm believer in that if you're in that moment if you're in that million-mile moment if you're feeling helpless Reach out you can reach out to me. You can call me directly. I will talk to anybody and everybody I don't have any kind of recording service. I don't have you know, uh, I can't I'm 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 nobody that can that can hold anything against you, you know, but I'm somebody who's willing to listen I'm somebody that's been in my own million-mile moment I'm somebody that's gone through uh, a number of different things that I didn't sign up for that that I've had to navigate in my own life and I I cannot I cannot express enough how hopeful your future really is and that hopelessness is a lie it's an absolute lie and and there's there's absolutely no reason to feel like you need to be in that moment alone and that you need to make that decision alone because there are so many people that would be willing to surround you and circle around you in your time of need
1: prayer pray for this dear friend now please
2: absolutely Lord, we just come to you now, Lord, for anybody who's, who's struggling, anybody who's in the midst of their own struggle, anybody in the military, outside the military, anybody in a military family, Lord, we pray for these hearts. We pray that you would soften these hearts. We pray that you would quiet the noise in their heads, Lord. We, pr- we pray that you would you would poignantly and directly touch these individuals, Lord, to reach out for help, to reach out to their left and right, to check in with themselves regularly, Lord, to to continually have faith in their future and to not be caught up in the, in the turbulence of the moment, Lord. We pray for these individuals that you would you would continually reach them and that you would use these, these several different ministries to, to touch them and guide them and to, to bring them back to the light, Lord, and not let them fall to the wayside or be thrown and cast into the waves, Father. I pray for for our organization. I pray for Pastor Danny's ministry here, Lord, that you would continually allow him to open these channels and open the ears and the hearts of these listeners and the people who tune in, Father. I pray for every single person who's been connected to the Minus 22 organization that you would allow them to be an ambassador of hope, Father, and that we could continually stare down this phenomenon and send it back to the pit of hell where it belongs. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Dave, the number again, your number. 435-722-7574
2: you can also email me at the minus 22 foundation at gmail.com you can find us on facebook you can find us on instagram or even on twitter and you know every other social media reach out
1: dave gambone thank you for being with us today
2: thank you so much for having me
1: sobering words but words of hope from dave gambone minus 22.org my friend God's timing is perfect. And look, I I believe there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ as uh, Dave has, as we have today. Share with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. Find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, major platforms. Psalm 147, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dave Gambone, Minus22.org. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.